we're back again with another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football, welcoming you to another great episode of this program. But it wouldn't be a Lakers Fast Break Podcast without a good friend on the show, and we've got one here today. He is returning once again, as he does every week now in the regular spot here in the front end of the week at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. You got to check out what he's doing today on medium.com and also his awesome site, Lakerholics.net, where you could be a part of the conversation today and talk nothing but Lakers, 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 Lakers all day long, because that's what they do. And that's what every Lakers fan should do, because it's so great to be right now a part of the action and watching and, and seeing this team flourish, even though they're kind of angry right now. But we'll explain why here in a sec. It is my good friend indeed. It is Tom Wong, but you know him better as Laker Tom. And Tom, it's just so great to have you back on again. Much to discuss on today's program. I've been looking forward to it all week, uh, Gerald. Uh, every time we won a game, I kept thinking about the various things that we've been talking about. And you hit a nail right on the head that it's a perfect time to be a Laker fan right now. A lot to enjoy and a lot to discuss. There is a lot to discuss, my friend, and we will go over that here in a second. We'll discuss some of the things that we saw in the most recent trend of games, i.e. the games at Miami and also as well at Atlanta just yesterday as we're recording this. So I want to first say off that right now the Lakers are at 24-3 and as far as having the best record overall in the NBA. Hopefully... If everything goes well, set up for a great matchup here at the, in the middle of the week, which I'm so excited for against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. But they also have to get over Indiana Pacers, so let's not look by them first. But some things I want to talk to you about is that they are the most angry and upset 24-3 and team I've seen because they're not happy at all with the way they played the past couple of games. I think that could actually, hopefully, uh, work in our favor. Um, Frank... Frank Vogel pretty much scolded him and said, if we play the way we have the last two games, we're not going to, we're going to walk away with a couple of losses in uh, Indiana, Indiana and uh, Milwaukee. It's a testament to the team that after they lose a game, they come back and put on a winning streak. And, and they've done that now for the third time in a row. I think we've won six straight uh, now and 14 straight on the road. It's ironic that uh, it takes a loss to get us motivated so I'm, I, I think that the silver lining maybe in the last two games' performances where we eked out wins against Miami and eked out wins against, uh, against the Hawks, the silver lining could be that this could be the equivalent of a loss to us and as far as motivation goes and, and reminding the team that, you know, if we play our game the way that we're supposed to play and we go out there that we should be able to start another win streak, starting with uh, the Pacers uh, tomorrow night and then and then hopefully culminating on Thursday night against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you have to give Bucks credit. I mean, you'd think that the Lakers would be the heavy favorite going in there. They're, they're ranked fifth in the league in, in offense and second uh, tied for second in the league in defense. The only problem is Milwaukee's ranked second in defense and tied for in, uh, in first in defense and uh, second in offense in the league. So, and they have, you know, they talk about the Lakers winning streaks. They have a, I can't even remember what it is, 18 games or something like that. They've won 14 straight games. 14 on straight the road. games at this point in time. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And 
It isn't been eking. They haven't been eking by wins like the Lakers have in the last couple of games. They've, they've not won. They've not lost out of the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, I think the Lakers' mindsets will be exactly where they need to be. There, it's almost as if they're coming off of losses again. They're going to be highly motivated against the Pacers. I think that they will be able to focus on the Pacers. The only things that worry me a little bit are the injuries and the wear and tear in LeBron. LeBron, the last two games, has really not taken care of the ball very well at all. He's often, at various times, I think he's settled, and thank God he made them, but I think he's, I thought he settled for too many threes as opposed to attacking the rim. Uh, and then we've got 80s ankle problem. You know, it's, it's never – having an ankle problem generally ends up making you settle for more jumpers too. And so I hate to think of the Lakers going into these tough matchups against Indiana, Indiana and Milwaukee – and, and perhaps settling for jumpers, um, especially after their performance last night where they really five for 32 or some abysmal number like that couldn't seem to hit this, the, hit a shot when they really needed it. So there's some apprehension in that, that they're coming up against what are probably two of the toughest matchups this year. And uh, let's hope that they get their frame of mind right. And let's hope that uh, LeBron and AD, both of whom are, are – going to play as you know they're not load management types at any stretch of the imagination if they're healthy they're both going to be out there playing and the only question is how healthy are both of them at this point in time well it's not just the lousy shooting that is really getting frank vogel angry and you can see the actual hair starting to fall off the top of his head as they're <laughs> going ahead and clank 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 it's the turnovers. Yeah. And and you mentioned LeBron fatigue, possibly, you know, and let's let's take the trip to go see his son out of this thing, okay? Because he is already workhorse already and, and all that. I know there's some people on social media saying, Oh, he shouldn't have gone to see his son, la 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 if he's so tired, la 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 la. You know what? Any chance you can go ahead and see your children play, as you know, Laker Tom, it's just something rewarding and something worth fulfilling. And, you know, I, I want to get that out of the way right now. And I'm happy for him that his son got a chance to play in front of his dad and that he won. He was victorious. and It was almost fair. Not, only, not only victorious, he won the MVP for the tournament. Yeah. He, against got, his he got the winning basket. Over. He got the winning basket and, and all that. So it was, it was just great to see that there was a good ending for it. And, and I'm happy for, for the James family. But the getting back to the Lakers, very sloppy play. Very sloppy play. Turnovers have gone up dramatically. Now, mind you, they weren't the Sacramento Kings' 29 turnovers against the Golden State Warriors last night. But still, 20-plus turnovers in the past two games has got to be concerning because you cannot continue to play like you played in Miami and like you played in Atlanta especially and think that you can get away with wins each and every time because – when you shoot poorly and you turn over the ball like you do, you better make sure you're doing everything else right. And the Lakers haven't been doing everything else right right now. So those are things that they need to fix before they get into Indiana and before they get especially into Milwaukee on Thursday. So these are things that are correctable, but they are a very angry team right now at the way they're playing. And I think, it's, like you said, it's going to get them motivated to play a little bit better come this week, hopefully. But I do want to address something that you talked about, and that is something about making some possible changes. And if you check out medium.com, you get a chance to check out all the great stuff that you've been writing about, Laker Tom, including some possible changes. And 
it's nice to see you come to the dark side of things when, <laughs> when uh, you know, you've been so high on the Lakers substitutes and the bench and being able, you know, one man step up and, and, you know, having a different star every night. Well, unfortunately with the Lakers crew and, you know, this is to no one's fault. First off, again, Rob Palenka had to play the waiting game with Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi was very calculated in his decision how he wanted to go ahead and be all the time with the Clippers and affect negatively, adversely, the team right across the hall in the Lakers. And it was very pointed. And, it, you know, you're left getting whatever you can get. And what he got was very good. But at times, like you see, there is a problem when it concerns not having that third main player in there. And that, to me, is a big concern going forward. And it has been for some time. And I mentioned it on the show before, mm -hmm. that they need someone consistent that can go ahead and assist LeBron and AD, especially if they're not there or if they're not playing up to their usual all-pro, all-star, you know, MVP-like, defensive, uh, you know, best player, you know, in the NBA-type standards. So you need that third player coming up, and they don't have it right now. Kuzma, we hoped it would be that, but it's beginning to see that those little injuries are piling up, piling up, and those little things are preventing him from doing so. So I ask you, my friend, you may have, you had some thoughts. You're starting to turn over to the dark side about possible trades. Now, I read your trades, and in a world where the Lakers fans would love to have those trades, if I'm a GM, I'm going to talk to you honestly, my friend. I think there are better trades out there. But, you know, so you made some good suggestions. And with the Lakers' limitations, it's going to be hard for them to pull off any kind of trades. It's going to bring them back a third player that can go ahead and contribute to them in the way that they need them to. I have mixed feelings about the situation with the team. In many ways, you can see that in the articles I write. I wrote one article about how the Lakers don't need a third star. Um, and there's some awful good evidence that they really don't, because basically if you go through game by game logs, which I did, somebody's always stepped up in almost every single game. And, and in fact, the Lakers have averaged four and a half double, double digit scorers in every one of their games. So even, you know, even going back to the Clippers game, they had Danny Green with 28 points. So it's not the same guy that comes through every day. And I'm very often it's two guys and sometimes three guys that additional to LeBron and AD will score double digits. Um, and so there's part of me that says that, hey, we're not we're worrying about something that's crazy to worry about. There's another part of me, though, that says that when we get into the playoffs and everybody's elevated their games, uh, which are you're going to teams, every team is going to be better than they are right now, uh, as long as they don't have injuries. I think when you get into the playoffs that we're probably going to need the third star. Um, and so I think if the month of January, the rest of December and the month of January are going to be critical. Um, and I see two things happening. And as you, as you indicated, Gerald, we don't have many trading opportunities because we don't have the chips to trade. Um, we've got, even three, if, guys, well, even we've got if, three guys who have no trade clauses in there. And even if Kuzma gets hot and plays to a level where he becomes more attractive because he's actually on Lakerholics.net, my, my avatar. And I, we've appreciated from day one since he's been here in Las Vegas when he played in the summer league and we were there to watch his first game and all that. But he has not played as well the past two years. So someone that has not played as well as he did in his first year, he is becoming, he, you know, even if he steps up, 
he is still not as attractive to GMs out there because the fact he's not played as well as he had in the first year. And it also as well, his contract is cheap, which normally would be great. But the problem is you can't (laughs) trade for a substantial player with a cheap contract because you have to balance it out. And unfortunately, what you want to unload with that contract and you don't have any draft picks are players at number 13, number 14, number 15 that aren't really attracted to other teams. So you're, you're a little bit of a quandary, my friend. And the only desirable player right now on the, on the Lakers that, that maybe GMs would target is not, how should I say, is not the actually, is not the Christmas gift. I think that, that all these GMs want. So they'll be looking in other directions. I mean, you could name a couple other teams off the top of my head with more promising things like Denver, Denver, you could go ahead. There's a lot of talent there that has played a little better level than Kuzma. You could also say other teams like the Clippers. The Clippers have a lot of young talent outside their main four that they could probably throw at a team. Plus, I think they they still have one first-round draft pick that they can go ahead and trade uh, as opposed to the Lakers. So it's kind of good. It's going to be tough. And Rob Palenka is going to have to earn some more money coming up here in the next couple of months if they want to go ahead and make any changes. But I think at this point, it's going to be tough for the Lakers to go ahead and, you know, to get anybody that's going to be substantial. I love your Davis Bertans trade because Davis Bertans, if you haven't seen him out there on the Washington Wizards, San Antonio made a big mistake in giving him up when trying to go ahead and acquire Marcus Morris. That was a, that was a rare well, actually, it's becoming exceedingly more common after the Kawhi trade uh, mistake mm-hmm. by the San Antonio yeah. Spurs. And he has just been killing it over there on the Washington Wizards. And the more he kills it, the more it kills the chance of a Lakers trade. So there are you know players that I think would really help the Lakers. The problem is we just don't have enough to go ahead and trade for him at this time. Well, that was pretty much the problem I had to address when I wrote the article about should the Lakers make a trade. One of the four trades that I, I had proposed in that article was obviously the trading for Bertans. It's rare that you find a guy who can shoot 45% from three and will take nine threes a game. I mean, that's the you, you have a combination there of accuracy and, and being a prolific shooter. He only makes $7 million a year. He's not a starter. He's not a good defender. But he can really impact your offense off of the bench. Um, the problem is, is that uh, he actually, they actually, the Wizards actually have his bird rights. So if they traded him to the Lakers, the Lakers could then match any salary when he goes into free agency next year, which is why I think he's an extremely attractive option. And I think that you could probably trade, you could probably trade for him with Kuzma because all you need to add is one more player, maybe Quinn Cook or somebody who's salary filler, and you get a good situation out of that. Because the Wizards are probably not in a position where they're going to compete for any playoffs. They're not in a position where they're, they're really going to be able to keep him in free agency. Um, even though they have his bird rights, they'd have to match that. And, and that's really not going to fit for a team in their situation. So the odds are that he's going to be moved by them. And so the question then is whether or not Kuzma is an attractive enough asset. And, and in some ways, Laker fans probably should be rooting for Kuzma not only to do well just because He's a Laker, and that'll make the Lakers do well, but also because it'll become a more valuable trading chip and become more attractive. But he's exactly the kind, he's exactly the kind, the only, the really only long term piece that you got that you can go after a guy in that range. 
Um, the only other option the Lakers have, since they can't they can't trade KCP because and they can't trade Rondo and they can't trade McGee because all three of them got because they lose their bird rights have uh, have uh, almost the the equivalent of having a no trade clause. Um, so they're left with only one other player who really could be traded for any of the guys who are going to ask for big money, uh, guys like JJ Redick from Pelicans or uh, Marcus Morris from the Knicks. Um, or Andre Iguodala, whom the uh, whom the Grizzlies continue to claim that they're going to get a trade for. Um, if if Danny Green doesn't improve his shooting and his overall performance by the time the end of January comes, I would be willing to include him in a trade along with Kuzma. And I think the two of them make a nice, attractive trade for somebody who's in a win-now situation. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't in a win-now situation, but what they're looking for is a good piece to get back that can be part of the future for them. And Kuzma is that piece. And then Green is also a guy that they could very well possibly trade to somebody else, turn around and trade that for a first-round pick from somebody else. Uh, get well, you mentioned one name you haven't mentioned yet, but you mentioned it in your articles on Medium.com and also that yeah. you can see as well. well he'd be on, the, on he'd be, he was the number, number one choice, which is, Robert Covington. Robert Covington, yeah. because yeah. he's a 28-year-old. He's a, he's a great defender. He made all defensive uh, honors last year. He would be somebody that uh, would be a perfect fit and would actually be a long-term improvement for the Lakers. He's, I think, he's a better defender than Green. He's more athletic. He's more versatile as a player. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of uh, teams going after Covington, so it's going to be interesting. These all trades all make sense for the Lakers. Uh, the only question is whether or not they make whether the uh, the team that the Lakers are trying to trade with have better opportunities from other people who are going to be hungry to get trades. Uh, like the trade for Iguodala, I wouldn't do that unless unless it was to keep Iguodala from going to the Clippers, for example. Then I think that's a trade that you make, even though Iggy's older and, you know, you can't deny that we're still, even even with AD on the, on the roster, we're still in a win-win now-now type situation with LeBron James as uh, just turning 35. So, you have to do what you can do in order to get that 17th NBA championship. And if that means that the Lakers have to act a little bit like uh, uh, like some of the baseball teams do, where they one championship is worth destroying the whole team for the next 20 years, then uh, they have to do what they have to do in order to get a chance to win a championship with LeBron before he's gone. If you could get Robert Cummington and also as well Jeff Teague off the team in the same trade, well, that would be that a would be that would be a great trade. So yeah. that, that's just my my two thoughts on that. Because Jeff Teague is that under the radar player that they always say, "Oh, is a deficiency." Mm-hmm. But yet, whenever I see him play, or he has the capability, he plays well of against the Lakers, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays well against the Lakers, and he is able to go off for twenty or thirty yeah. if given the opportunity. And he's just someone that's under the radar that I think could also help coming off the bench, or if you need him as a starter, you know, somewhere he he just fits in. And, uh, you know, with him and Robert Covington, if you were to get back those two in a trade, I would do that right now with whatever the la- spare parts. Well, when you, when you look have. at the people, that's, uh, Covington probably would be at the top of my list. Bertans right after that. If I had to trade for Iggy in order to keep him going somewhere else, I would probably do that trade. And and, and primarily it comes down to the immediate help that you get. You know, uh, you're either bringing in an elite scorer in the case of Bertans somebody who can add 15 points a game shooting from deep and just spread the floor really beautifully for the Lakers. 
Um, or you get a defender that is going to do something that Kuzma can't do, be a, a second wing defender that we have besides Danny Green or in lieu of Danny Green. Who do you think would it be other trade targets? Gerald, you must have been thinking about that situation. I have been. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I do like the Jeff Teague as also as well, mm-hmm. if, if especially if he gets bought out. If Jeff Teague doesn't get traded, I think he's a candidate for being bought out. And I think that would be a great situation there for the Lakers because I still think he has a lot left in the tank. Uh, you know, looking at the rosters right now, it's tough because you see a lot of teams middling right around 10, 11 wins that still think they have a playoff chance. So they're not going to be real big sellers per se, unless they actually think that they're going to go ahead and and not make the playoffs. Yeah. But teams like Oklahoma City, Danilo Gallinari, who is going to be a hot trade target, he might actually stay on the team if Oklahoma City still stays in the playoff right. chase. You know, the, each and every one of these teams, like Sacramento, there's good players on Sacramento on there. Yeah, he's been talked about as a trade target too. But the problem is they're in at the thick of the playoff chase. I mean, if they stop losing the Knicks, they would actually be at 500 and be already, you know, just well, 500, 500 in the sixth spot in the league. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, West has turned into the East. The, the seventh and eighth seeds are losing records at this point in time. Yeah. And, and what about Portland? I mean, Portland has, you know, CJ McCollum. He's going to be a trade target if the Portland Trailblazers do not do continue to do well. So, that's something, somebody right there that the Lakers couldn't get, but that's someone who's going to be a major name right. that's going to be out there. I mean, there are a lot of players on the East side. You know, on those last teams, Marcus Morris, you mentioned with the Knicks and the 15 power forwards and the 13 lousy point guards that they have on that team. I mean, Marcus Morris is just like the only player playing well for them at this point in time that he's going to be a marketable commodity. I mean, but the only thing is, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, there's not that many outside of Bertans, maybe a couple of players on the Bulls, but the Bulls still think they could go ahead and compete for a playoff spot, I think, because they just got a vote of confidence from their GM at this point in time. So Charlotte, you know, Marvin Williams, is there anything left in the tank for Marvin Williams? I know he's going to be a trade commodity or a buyout commodity, but the thing is, is he really going to help you? Because I, you know, his, his numbers are down significantly over what they even were just a couple of years ago when he signed his contract. So that's a iffy type of situation. Detroit. I mean, well, I'll just say this. The only things Rob Palenka has really done wrong is some of the players he had to give away in order to free up that cast space. And with Mo Wagner uh, doing well in Washington, Svi Mihailuk, who's doing real well in Detroit, and you have uh, the you know Zubats. Don't even get me started on Zubats. That trade was just <laughs> you know not uh, not not very good foreshadowing. Although that could have been magic making that call. Well, so we really you know, you want to look at something that's odd. The ir- irony is that. I've never, I've never been against the Zubak trade because I thought it was a great trade. What I was really against was letting the guy we traded for walk. If you looked at Muscala slightly recently, he has one of the best defensive ratings in the league, and he is shooting 40% from deep. He would be a perfect fit. He's basically, he's basically Davis Bertans, and the Lakers let him go. He's the guy that I miss most 
as far as the players we let go because he was a career 40% three-point shooter. He, he was, was absolutely awful on the Lakers. It was just a bad fit. Maybe whatever he's doing just The only reason he was well. a bad fit is just because of all of the people who thought Zubak was going to amount to anything. Uh, Zubak, oh, yes. as far as I'm concerned, is the is the weakness that the Clippers are going to be sorry for. He may be the weakness, but he's still on a you know a pretty good team right now, playing playing rather well. He's playing okay, but you're right there. They do need that's where their weakness is is right. up front uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the Clippers, and that's where the Lakers can take advantage. But that's a playoff conversation for another well, but game. It, it, you know, but it gets back into the my latest article, which is basically that the Lakers are dominating the center position. When you take a look at what the Lakers are getting productively, and this is from a guy who probably two years ago or three years ago, I was saying that Lakers don't need a center and that the league was basically, you know, I was pretty much along with everybody else that the, that the center position has become irrelevant in the NBA. Well, the Lakers have turned that completely on their head because the combination, the, the three-headed center, the position that they've got going with uh, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis is just really the core of why this team is winning right now. It's the heart of their defense, and it's a big part of their offense. Um, we rank number one in the point differential for points in the paint and opponents' points in the paint. We, we averaged uh, 53.1 points in the paint and allow only 45.1 points in the paint. So we're number one in both categories, just like block shots. We're number one in block shots. We're number one in avoiding getting our shots blocked. We have basically an old school defensive mentality that you would have thought couldn't survive in the small ball NBA. And yet it's dominating right now. It's why we're so good on the road. It's why we're going to be so good in the playoffs. It's why, even though we shot five from 32 against the Atlanta Hawks, we still won the game because we held them to 30. We held them to 96 points. We held them to 30% shooting 28% from deep. So there's, there's a lot that is really hanging on, the fact that we built a team with there with three really good centers, and we got a fourth guy on the bench, Demarcus Cousins, who I think is going to be the starting center next season, and eventually be the second star alongside of Anthony, alongside Anthony Davis. So there's a lot of things that can happen in in, in a short period of time. I don't I don't I, I don't see the Lakers taking a big risk and making a trade. I think if they do a trade, it's going to be a small trade. I think that there's a feeling on the team that everybody is valuable. We had nine guys averaging between five and 11 points a game. And the only guys who weren't, practically the only player who wasn't, uh, is Dudley, who's come in and been an, uh, a key element of the wins in the last two games. He's played very well. He's hit key shots when he needed to. He's played outstanding defense. And he's basically shown that these – He's the type of guy that you want to have in that 12th, 13th, 14th position, uh, just like Cook and just like Daniels, that you can call on them every few games and they'll come through and they'll, they'll, they'll make some points. They'll, they'll hit some threes. They'll make some smart moves. And Vogel's done a great job of trying to balance all of that out. So it remains to be seen in my mind whether or not we really need to make a trade. I think a lot of it also depends, like you say, on what's going to be available for the pieces that we have to trade. We don't exactly have a chest full of great chips. We don't have money to match salaries in a lot of cases. And then there's also the whole issue that you're 24 and three. How much do you want to change? You've got a chemistry that is probably the envy of the league. You've got 14 players out there plus uh, 
DeMarcus Cousins, who seem to really all love and get along with each other. So sometimes uh, you can screw things up really badly. After after the bad chemistry we had last year because of all of the trade talk, I think that Palenka is going to be very careful this year. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Well, wouldn't you know, if we go ahead and trade, or try to trade for Marcus Morris, we'll probably end up getting Markeith instead from the Pistons. (laughs) Even though he's shooting well at 41%, he's not exactly the greatest on defense. So I'm not sure exactly that would be great. Unless you were able to package him with Derrick Rose and... You know, mm-hmm. hey, there's another thing. Well, there's also the whole there's also the whole thing that that was kind of a weird transaction that he went through, where he basically gave his commitment, you know, to the Phoenix Suns, and and then and then pulled it basically and said, "You mean yeah, San Antonio? San Antonio, the Spurs, right?" And then pulled it, and meanwhile, the Spurs, based upon that commitment, go out and and get rid of Bertans to make some room on their roster for him. Is that the guy you want to bring in to to? bolster team chemistry versus wow. let's say at this point you know what winning cures it all my friend yeah. because any player going to the lakers i think it's going to be really happy to go to the lakers and play with lebron uh it just like i said i'm not exactly the biggest muscala fan i know his statistics bear out well right now at oklahoma city i'm just it just didn't seem like it was a great fit last year in with the lakers so you know, just, you, sometimes it just works out that way where they're having a great season like he was. He was having a pretty good season last year, and then he got traded to the Lakers. It just didn't work. Same thing with Reggie Bullock. He was right. averaging big numbers you know, from the three-point line. He was traded to the Lakers, and it just didn't work out. So you never know what you're going to get when you make these trades. You think on yep. paper it looks good, but it may be within the confines of the offense that they're playing with or the defense that they're playing with. So you never know what you're really going to get when you go ahead and make these trades. It is a gamble, so you're right. It may be a wait-and-see situation, but something needs to be done, I think, for some type of help with LeBron and AD at some point down the line. I don't think it's going to come until the buyout market, personally, because I just don't think they have enough assets to go ahead and compete for big-time players. They may get a secondary player, which you hope blossoms out, but they're Mm -hmm. not going to get exactly one of the individuals that I think a lot of the Lakers fans are crying for at this point in time to help out the Lakers. And that's just the reality of the situation where you just don't, like you said, enough assets in the chest. You're yeah. not like Boston that has, you know, so many draft picks still, even though, you know, year after year after year, don't get me started on the Celtics and how they've, they've maybe wasted some opportunities there. But, you know, they, they still have a plethora. Oklahoma City has a plethora. There are other teams that have so much more right. than Lakers to offer and give right now. And 
we're just going to be a nice, interesting time to see what's going on with the, the trade market because it's the 15th. Over 400 players are now able to be traded at this point in time that got freed up as of the 15th. So it, it's now the talking stage where GMs are going to start having those conversations. And it's going to be interesting to see where those conversations lead. So I'm excited. I love trade season. I love trade season. I, I just absolutely just can't, you know, <laughs> it gets me going. Just it's trying pretty to irresistible exactly. to, not, to not want to propose a trade here and there. I get called a turncoat all the time because I generally like to propose a lot of trades, even though I might not make the trades myself. One reason I do it is because it's always, it's always an attention getter and it always gets great conversations going. You know, it's interesting to think this whole idea of the, the third player, the third star that the Lakers need versus the half a dozen guys they got who on occasion can be that third star. It's a lot like uh, I always see a parallel between the Yankees and the building a bullpen of six or seven guys that you can bring in for different batters or different innings and so forth versus having one consistent third reliever, the reliever who can go and pitch you five or six innings, you know, and, and just take a game all the way up to your closer. When you count on five or six guys, almost for sure, two or three of them aren't going to come through. If you count on one guy who can be that third scorer, chances are he's going to come through five or six times out of the five or six times you put him in there. So it would be nice to have that third star. I probably agree with you that we don't probably have the trading chips to really get that unless we get a great deal. And we probably have to give away more of the future than we would want to give. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with all of that. Um, wouldn't it be nice now, what, what could change everything, though, what could change everything is what happens in the next 11 days. If we, let's say we sweep the Pacers, the Bucks, and the, and the Clippers, and we have a happy Lakers, thank, a Lakers Christmas party, I think then uh, there's going to be a very strong desire to keep that roster together down to the 14th and 15th player on a team. And I, I think it would take somebody, somebody really powerful to go into the buyout market like Iguodala to make us even get rid of Quinn Cook or Daniels or Dudley. I think that there's a tendency to really think of the team as a family. And if we go through and win those three critical games coming up, I think that we'll stand pat. But wouldn't it be nice to know if we had a nice Drew Holiday, J.J. Reddick combination coming there? Or maybe, mm -hmm. let's say, you know, going to Indiana if they start to falter without Victor Oladipo and getting Sabonis and Brogdon, which is, I can, you, know, you can't do because they just cost too much right now. Right. But it's nice to dream these trades, sure. isn't it? Yep, it is. It is. Well, all right, my friend. It's been great talking to you today. But before we head on out, you got to let me know exactly what's going on with everything at Lakerholics.net because everybody needs to be part of the conversation today. What is that conversation going on at Lakerholics.net? Well, it's kind of there's just kind of two themes going on. One theme that we just got done with was the trade thing, and and I think I was probably maybe the only person on the site that basically was in favor of making a trade. It seemed like everybody else was saying, no, 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 let's not do that. Uh, and then the other, the other issue is a swing a little bit more after, after last night's game, a swing a little bit more that, well, you know, we need to do something. We need to have that third star. Uh, everybody realizes the situation we're in. Everybody loves the roster we have. We all love the way that Vogel has, has basically 
given every single player on that roster an opportunity to to be a contributor. And I think that's one of the things that really, really solidifies the chemistry on a team because everybody does feel like they're going to get a chance. And, and Frank Vogel's done a terrific job of giving everybody a chance. Dudley, the last couple of games, he gave Dudley a chance to play. And Dudley performed, you know. Um, I was but he isn't getting thrown out of the game, mind you. Yeah, well, but getting thrown out of the game by going to a defense of one of his teammates is something that is pro-chemistry, is no matter how you say it. I don't think it's the same as kicking somebody in the groin like, like Rondo. Rondo did. Yeah. But Dudley, Dudley's basically reaction was he's the guy he's going to be the enforcer. He understands his position on the bench and where his value comes to this team. But to watch him miss two three miss two threes in that game and then come back and and LeBron made a great pass to him wide open and he still took that three. That tells you that's a pro's pro there. He wasn't, you know, he was going to do his job and, and thank God it went in. <laughs> but, uh, well, I think I remember on a much earlier podcast on the Lakers fast break podcast, I think I said something to the fact that when it comes to Jerry Dudley, I thought he would get kicked out of more games by this point in time of the season. So I think he's behind on that quota, mm-hmm. but that's what he does. He intimidates. Right. He he's there as an instigator. He's him and him and the, I'll tell you what Howard, him and Howard. Uh, you know they're just you got to count. I was counting on more. Uh, you know, seeing especially the way Howard plays and get some people on the other team angry. It just mm-hmm. you know I, I'm surprised they haven't been thrown out as as many games as they have been. So it's just something. You know, that, Vogel, Vogel likes that about Howard. Vogel has said clearly that Howard's job is to be physical. And he doesn't mind those fouls. He, he'd like to take away a few of the dumb ones. But but pretty much Howard lets you know that if you're going to play the Lakers, you better be ready to bang because well, he's there was ready two, to bang. Well, there was things in Lakers' life that, that I've come to know in, in, in the recent times. And, uh, you know, not too long ago when Julius Randle was on the team, you could always count on two or three offensive fouls per game. And then when it comes to Dwight Howard, for a while there, you could count on a foul within the first minute. So it'd be like, I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? You know, he'd always have that look. And it's just like, okay, he's kind of quelled that a little bit for now. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, you're right. He, he's there to to play hard, to go ahead. And he's he's on limited time. So you, he's there to just give it all. And, and, you know, his five fouls, you just throw them out there and say, you know what? Let's go get them. Let's go get him. And- he had a great game against Atlanta. He he made yeah. some critical rebounds and some critical blocks that we really needed. You know, I, I, one thing I remember talking with one in one of the conversations we had at Lakerholics.net was one of the guys saying that uh, you know we got nobody but AD and and LeBron without and and then I I said that's crazy. You know, you don't understand the effect of the team and and that a win has to be a team win. And you went down, I went down the line at the, you know, six out of six free throws for Danny Green, you know, the five rebounds by Dwight, the three block shots by Dwight. And then you go down the line and see the contributions of various players. KCP made some great defensive plays. Uh, his defense has been outstanding lately. And so, the, you know, even these guys that we're talking about trading, you know, Kuzma has had some, has had some moments and so forth. And Danny Green has definitely had some moments. So, it's it's hard when you when you look at the players like that and everybody was everybody was hard it was hard on everybody in the Lakers to trade all those people for AD but when you watch AD and see what he's contributing to this team I would you know, do it over again you could, 
send a couple of more of them out there, he still would have been worth it. You know, he well, I also want to send a doctor maybe out, maybe a doctor along with that, you know, maybe to go ahead <laughs> and make sure he stays healthy because, boy, watching him sometimes, especially last night when it concerns turning the ankle and all that is, ah, you know, he – he gets he gets your uh, he gets your well, he used to be nicked, he used to be nicked up all the time yes. and uh, and he missed a lot he never's had a serious injuries but he's had a he, but he's never he's always missed like ten games a season ten to fifteen yeah more than you that. notice once he got to the Lakers that no longer happened well he's still getting and nicked he up plays, he plays through the dings though yes he plays through the plays dings through for the now ding. and I hope that continues although it would be nice to see both him and LeBron at some point in time, although we know LeBron has been very against load management of any type until right. the Lakers clinch and there's nothing to play for. So let's hope, like you said, the Lakers are ahead by five games in the loss column right now in the Western Conference, which is truly an awesome thing to say at this point. So let's hope they get so far ahead that they can go ahead and clinch a little early, like let's say about three weeks early, two well, weeks early. They have, a, they have a stretch between January and early February but they're only playing half a dozen teams that are over 500. They really have an easy they have an easy part of the schedule, which then tells you that <laughs> the month and a half after that they're going to be loaded up by hitting hard teams on road trips. But you look at the Mavs. The Mavs have got four really tough games. They're going to lose their next four games. And they've got the the Raptors, the Celtics, and the 76ers. And no Luca, Luca. No, uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If we can take the Bucks down and and take the and take the Clippers down, we could head into the new year with maybe seven game lead. It's possible. It's possible. I don't. I I could didn't think at the beginning of the season we would be talking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, be honest with you, because again, I thought the Lakers would also follow those paths that so many other teams are you know facing with. You know, not being in the lineup every day, resting every now and then, conceding a game here and there. But there is no concede right now with the Los Angeles Lakers. It is great to see. I'm hoping that we'll at some point in time talk about the great things going on with the Lakers and hopefully a Lakers win coming up in Milwaukee and Indiana right. and also as well Denver. And when they come back home and play Denver, all leading up to Christmas and the Clippers game. One last thing before we go, I got to ask you this. Your thoughts on the week coming up for the Los Angeles Lakers? Who do we play? Who do we play this weekend? Did we play Denver at home? Denver. So we've got. So we've got. That's a hell of a three-game stretch right there. I thought we were done with those. So you're telling no, me that no. we got that? We got Pacers, the Bucks, and the Denver Nuggets as our three teams this week. I had predicted five and zero, oh, which means that's covered already. I've already covered the Bucks and the Pacers. So I'm going to say that we're going to go three and zero. That'll put us at uh, twenty-seven and three for the first thirty games. I think we're going to win all three. We'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm hoping so as well, my friend. I'm hoping so as well. And I, and I think a big part of it, a big part of it, obviously, will be staying healthy and hopefully that AD can, you know, is able to play against the Pacers and against the Bucks. I think we've reached the point where. We're going to finish December strong, and uh, and I think that we're going to go into the new year. Clearly, you know, one either the Bucks are going to be Bucks and Lakers are going to be one two or two one when we go into the new year. But I think that this this team knows how to win. They're built for playing on the road. They're built for playing in the playoffs. And I think that the superstars on this team 
are going to be able to take care of the record. And I think the contributions from the other players are going to come up. We've got a lot of guys who can step up. So uh, as one of the uh, as uh, one of the guys on the blog said, I'm not going to bet against the Lakers at this point in time in the season. Once again, it's Laker Tom, a.k.a. Tom Wong. You got to check out what he's doing today on his articles on Medium.com, but also as well on LakerHolics.net. Be part of the conversation with so many great Lakers fans today at LakerHolics.net. And for us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, if you have a question for us, please, either LakerHolics.net or you can shoot it out to us today at Lakers Fast Break or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Send us an email there. And please, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would truly be immensely grateful if you go ahead and give us that five-star review. That's right, that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Every time you do so, it helps improve our, our performance, our, our also our visibility so that we become more attractive option as far as for Laker fans out there to go ahead and say, hey, this might be a great show worth listening to, and that's the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So for Laker Tom, this is Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for listening. I'm hoping for a great week as well. And again, I'm going to say it next week, and I'll probably say it on every other podcast that's coming up leading into Christmas, but... I just wanted to wish everyone out there, Laker Tom, you definitely as well, a beloved and blessed holiday season. And to you and your family and to everyone out there, the Lakers family and Lakers fans out there, a wonderful holiday season. Hope it's safe and hope it's merry one for you as well. Any last thoughts? Let's have a Lakers Christmas this year. Well, let's have a Lakers Christmas, but I got to get you on so you can go ahead and check out my Lakers Santa hat. So, you know, I got to have that on for next week's show. So let's let's uh, save those Yule tidings for next week's show indeed. So for Laker Tom, this is Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.